I was watching a video with Nipsey Hussle and he, man, he broke it down so dope. He was just talking about how when he was really involved in gangs and, and, you know, and he was out there looking for ops, you know, looking for the enemy, he broke it down. What I'm looking for. I'm looking for a dude that's wearing this, standing like this, talking like this. He's in this area. Like the video is up there. You can look it up. It was a, it was an interview that he did with uh, hot 97. And I'm, I used to show that to my students. And, and I said, you know, and it was interesting because they said the same thing. It was like, man, if, if I heard a cop saying the exact same thing, I would think he was being racist. listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Black and Blue Podcast. How you doing out there? My name is Dale. I'm the host. Thank you for joining me on this episode here today. You know, I love, I love, like I say all the time, I, I probably mentioned it way, may more than, uh, way more than I need to, but I'm a DJ, as you can tell, as you've heard, off duty. So I love music, all sorts of music, but my bread and butter is R&B and hip hop. And today's artist, uh, today's guest today is uh, no exception. Not only is he a police officer, with 19 years, that's right, 19 years with the Sacramento, California Police Department. He is also a hip hop artist. Everybody, please help me welcome in Mr. Fillmore Graham. What is going on, big dog? Hey, thanks for the applause. I thought I was going to have to make it myself. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the applause. I tell everybody, you, you see all these folks behind me here. We got, you know, we got uh, my boys. Uh, Barack Obama, we got uh, Will Smith, the Green Lantern, Muhammad Ali, Storm. They all they all applauding for you. I, I'll break you back there right there. We got uh, Ice Cube and okay. Easy E and Tupac okay. and Biggie. Of course, we got Prince, and we got Prince okay. Akeem and Simi. You know, from from the is that, from, is that Venom or Spider Man? Who is that right there? Uh, let's see what we got. Let me bring that back on. Uh, right here on the, on my right shoulder, right here. That's Black Lightning, yeah, yeah. and then over here oh, on this okay. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on that side right there, that's uh, that's my man Chadwick Boseman. Uh, you know how that is, Black Panther. Rest, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Wakanda forever. And so, uh, yeah, so that's what I do. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a kind of comic nerd there, but you know, sports and music and all that, I do it all. I'm eclectic, just like you are, my brother. Welcome to the show. How you doing out there in Sacramento? I'm good, man. I'm 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 doing really well. Having a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I told everybody yeah. you got 19 years on as a Sacramento police just, officer. Just, just under 19 years. It'll be it'll just be under 19, 19 years. Yeah, just under 19 years. But uh, yeah, um, came out here to Sacramento uh, after I got out the military and um, had no intention of staying here. You know, past going to school, but you know, I got yeah. tricked into getting married and stuff like <laughs> that. So. You better not say that. You better take that back. We. Re- Rewind that. We will edit that out. You got tricked into getting married. <laughs> hey, she tricked me, man. I'm like, hey, she tricked me. Yeah, you, you were happily married, though. Uh, I, <laughs> happily married. That, that every, behind I'm every great man. I'm going to say it on camera. I'm happily, I'm happily married. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> she could probably hear me. So if, if the screen go black, call the police. Yeah, we, we know exactly <laughs> what's happening there. So uh, what, what branch were you in when you in the military? Um, I was in the Navy, so I was stationed overseas on the uh, the USS's Independence as an aircraft carrier. I was a uh, avionics technician, and uh, you know that's what I really thought I was going to do. I really wanted to, you know, work in electronics, um, some type of electronics technology. I actually did wind up doing that when I got out. I went to school and um, uh, I started working for the local um, uh, uh, telephone company here when they brought broadband internet to California. So there was originally 12 technicians when they rolled out broadband internet in California, and I was actually one of the 12. 
Okay, okay. And then uh, what what uh, what was that course correction? Man, actually, it's funny because the the course correction had a lot to do with hip hop. Um, okay, you know, I you know I start I started going to church, um, you know, when I was probably about 27, 27, 28 years old, and it just really changed the course of my life. You know, it gave me um, a want to kind of do something different, and so uh, uh, about that same time, what happened was um, I started. You know, I just started. You know, I, I've been rapping like since I was young. And, um, what I, what, what happened was, um, I got, we got hooked up with a group in the Bay area here in, in California in the Bay. I'm from Sacramento, but we got hooked up with a, a label in the Bay area and, uh, myself and several other people that were in the church that were, you know, that were rapping. And then when that, when that deal fell through, um, my partner who was a producer and myself, he was just like, yo, we got the equipment. Let's just put out an album. And I really had no idea of what that meant to put out an album. I mean, I mean, I'm a hip hop head and I'm just a fan. But, you know, before that, it was just battling and, you know, running around and such. But when I put the album out, then I learned about distribution. I learned about promoting for shows. And yep. um, next thing I know, we were traveling all over the state and different states performing like nonstop. And, um, so what happened was, you know, I started out, you know, very into Christian hip hop and I realized very quickly, like, like people listen to your words, right? Yeah. You know, it's not, yep. it's not yep. just entertainment, <laughs> not in that realm. It's not just entertainment. Like when a kid hears you say, Hey, I come from a, a home where there was domestic violence and, and, you know, and this is what faith brought me out of and things of that nature. Like they want to know because they're looking for the same thing. Yeah. And so in a nutshell, that, not a nutshell because I've been talking for 20 minutes, but that mindset change of uh, the music as, as a ministry, that's what really drove me to want to find something else and ultimately how I, I came to be a police officer. Okay, okay. And then you, when you were in hip-hop, well, you still are, but when you first started out in hip-hop, was it always Christian rap or was it uh, you're trying to find your genre? Or how did that work out for you? I mean, when I was just a fan, when I was just somebody just... I mean, I'm still just a fan, but when I was just spitting, it was just battles like um, since high school. Mm -hmm. And then um, I remember when I was in the military, like we would we would go all over the world and um, and like there was cats on the ship because there's like 5000 people on a, on a on a on an aircraft carrier. So we had, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I grew up in New York and then I lived in Miami. We had people from, you know, L.A. and all over. And eventually people find out you can rap and cats want to try you, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, it, yeah. It got to, you know, we would pull up in different ports, and we'd meet up and we'd battle. And then um, we were in Japan. There was a, a huge uh, culture in Japan, so there was always shows. There was always opportunities to get on a stage and rock. And um, yeah, but there was there, there was there was no Christ in it at that point. I was just wilding out, partying. Uh, yeah. That you know, the Christ centered the Christ centered lyrics didn't come till later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> does that kind of make it, uh, yeah, let's, let's get into that a little bit. Does that, uh, you know, being Christ centered lyrics, does that make it kind of tough to, to, to write, to actually, you know, make things, make ser uh, serious topics, not serious topics, but certain topics, you know, a whole range of topics when they're all Christ centered. I mean, can you, can you do as a Christian rapper, can you do, you know, uh, a, a track about, you know, just partying? Can, can you do that? Um, if you're, okay, number one, it, it depends on what type of hip hop artist you are. Right? Okay. So if you are somebody that's out there and, you know, you're in it for, you know, um, uh, the commerce, then you're going to do whatever appeals, right? Yeah. If you're like a conscious head or something like that, your, your message is going to be centered around your experience more authentically, right? So therefore, so for me as a Christian, I didn't have to search for it. I basically just talked about my life. You know what I mean? And so that, yeah. that was easy. And then, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm hard, like my, uh, I'm, a, I'm a really good writer. You know, I promised my, uh. <laughs> I told the people, like I'm leaving humility in 2020 In 2021, I'm calling it like it is like, I'm Keeping a really 100. good writer. Right. right. And so it's easy for me to relate my experience 
you know, through music. I don't have to force it. I just talk about me. Um, on this new album I have, I actually have a song on there called Problems. And, um, you know, going back to your question, like that whole song is about me being the center of my problems. And, and, and for me, like, you know, back when I was single and back when I was partying and stuff, like, you know, women were my issue. So that whole song is about how the atmosphere that led to so many of my problems, you know, at, at that time in my life, and it's called problems. So if you listen to it at first glance, it just sounds like I'm talking about getting drunk and, you know, partying. But when you, when you, when you, when you peel it back and you listen, you're like, I'm struggling with what's going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, a, and a lot of people relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you're, you're the problem. I was listening to the, there was a minister that I was listening to and he was saying how, when you really look back at it, you're 100% involved in all the bad decisions in your life. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's if you're truthful, it should be easy to write about, you know, to write about those type of things. Absolutely. And you got a new project you were just talking about that problems is on. What, what's the name of this new project? Um, the name of the project is called Deep Magic. That's okay. a ode to the uh, the C.S. Lewis books. You know, a lot of people know it from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but <laughs> Deep Magic is in the CSU in the C.S. Lewis universe. You know, especially around that whole, you know, the Book of Narnia series. Um, he has the backdrop of that series is the gospel of Christ. So Aslan, the lion is, you know, he's a Jesus archetype. You know, he had to sacrifice himself to save, you know, the realm. And, and then he comes back to life and then, you know, regains his throne again. Well, in that, in that whole world, the gospel um, is represented by this 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 written law called the deep magic, and so that's that's where I, that's where the uh, inspiration for the album title comes from. Okay, all right, I got you there. Let's take a listen to problems real quick, and you can kind of walk us through uh, while we while we uh, listen. All right. Okay. Down, I'm vibing. Third shot, I'm on the dance floor grinding. My gal says she loved that to whining. Devil on my left said diving. Ain't thinking about tomorrow like my last name whining. Nah, I'm about to be a pro. So you got uh, you got producers that, or do you write your own music, or how's that working for you? Uh, I have several producers that I work with. Although on this album, I really actually just did a lot of internet searching. Um, I, I I mean, I I would get on the internet for hours trying to find production and the hard part about finding the production is just finding something that's original not not something that is just you know another form or another type of what you already hear you know yeah yeah no doubt yeah like it's a little different sound there and who's the young lady on the track that is a, a singer that i know here in sacramento her name is bianca okay like that so the whole preface is it's it's something that we could all relate to right it's i'm out i, I already know what jumps off when i start drinking and there's women involved you know I, I already know where my thought process is going and so many times we could be in that situation and 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 you know we know it's not going to end well yeah. <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean like yeah you, you just most people like you just you just know certain things are just not gonna end well i mean like we're cops you know half the people we know been divorced and it didn't no sneak doubt. up on anybody you know what yep. i mean let's let's just do 100 those things don't sneak up on you 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 see things coming and you know sometimes you will um 
you know, I was listening to a podcast and, and uh, the speaker was talking about how it's interesting that you never have to talk yourself into doing something that you believe is the right thing to do. It's always like when, you, when you're getting ready to step into some waters that you probably shouldn't find yourself in, you start making excuses and you start kind of soft pedaling it. And then, you know, it's kind of like that whole, you know, that analogy of, you know, if you put a, you know, if you put a frog in cold water and let it slow boil, he'll sit there and die. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you just throw him in hot water, he's going to be like, he's going to recognize it. But, you know, a lot of times for us, we, we, we see things coming, but the water is cool. So it feels good. Yeah. But then as all the, the consequences and things start heating it up, you don't realize, and then by the time you you recognize, yo, it's mad hot in here. I'm cooked. Yeah. You cooked already. So. <laughs> you cooked already. You cooked already. You cooked already. So that um, it's knowledge right there. Knowledge right that, there. Uh, that, that song is that's basically what it is. Is this 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 young brother or this this cat is you know it's me is he sees it coming and he's like man I, I already I already know. But then in the bridge right before the chorus he says. Must have been the Hennessy. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm already, <laughs> I'm al- already yeah. you know, making excuses for it. So, all right, all right. So, so how's this uh, this this hip hop working out with you being a cop as well? On on, on the flip side, um, I, I see that you 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 kind of use that towards your advantage uh, working as an officer. How, how's that working for you over there? So earlier in my career, you know, we had a different administration. Um, You know, they weren't super embracing of me being out there. So I I really didn't promote it, to be honest with you. I was, I came on in 2002. The first album I put out was in like 2001 or whatever. And then, um, so I kind of just, that was like ministry unto myself. That was, you know, that, that had nothing to do with the department. By the time I started writing the second album, a lot of the things that I saw on the street became part of what I was talking about, you know, cause I, you know, I grew up, I grew up, I grew up in the hood, but you know, my mom's kept me out of a lot of stuff. I was, I never sold dope. I never, you know, I never ran the streets like that. I was never involved in gangs. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't know what drug abuse was in my family until much later. You know what I mean? Um, when I got married, there were members of my wife's family and um, and so all these experiences kind of came in the midst of when I when I started working and I and I started you know really putting the things that I saw on a daily basis into into some of the music. Um, so that kind of changed. There, there was a little bit more of an edge because I could I could humanize it. You know what I mean? Like I could I could yeah. humanize it. These weren't just you know you know these you know I'm just these are not animals. These are not crazy people. These are mm-hmm, hurting mm-hmm. people, you know, under very crazy circumstances and, and, you know, brings out the worst in some people, you know what I mean? And I was very thankful to be in this position because, you know, prior to that, things were very black and white for me, you know what I mean? Okay. And, you know, you know because I'm like, well, I grew up poor, I grew up broke, you know, I, I, ne- I never did this, I never did this, what, what was the deal? And, you know, for me, I realized, and I really thank God for my mom because my mom really, you know, she really kept me out of a lot of things. You, you know what yes. I'm saying? And so, yes. but then I see young people that are in my same exact situation and they don't have that guidance, right? They yeah. don't have it. Or they have, this is what I've seen a lot of. You see young people who's, uh, you know, they're, 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 the people that are in their life are telling them one thing, but doing something else. So right. there's no power. Yeah. Right. So like for me, my mom was an example. She was like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to walk this path and, and, you know, and that's it. Like if I don't have, I just don't have it. You know what I mean? But I'm yeah. not going to compromise myself. And, you know, so yeah, when I, when I got out on the street and I really started seeing you know, you know, uh, the origins of so many things, um, it, it, it got into my writing. And then now lately, we have a different administration that's very open to what I'm doing. We started, you know, we did a rap video for recruiting, you know, um, it, 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 it brought in like 30% more applications. It increased the website traffic by 50%, um, something like 90,000 views. Um, I was on 
you know, TV stations all across the country. And um, so that that embrace from my department, you know, opened up opened up a lot of things to us. But um, the thing that initially kind of broke it open for me back in, you know, back when I first came on was the fact that one of my songs got put on a camp, a compilation and that compilation got nominated for a Grammy. And then it was like, you know, it was a rap after that. Then it was like, hey, you know, the yeah. new stations, here, yeah. you know, hey, can we come ride with you? And the department's like, uh, you're famous? I'm like, I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, That's what's so up. I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful to be able to use it all, you know, to be, to, to use it all um, for God's glory in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Absolutely. And uh, we have, absolutely, we have that video. Let's take a look at it real quick and you can walk us through uh, everything that was going on here. Let's check this out. And uh, the whole storyline behind the video is this young man that you see right here is working in a coffee shop. And at some point in the video, he kind of sees like a domestic violence situation going down. And in his head, he's wishing, man, like, I wish I could do something about it. And then, you know, the big reveal at the end, you know, you see a police car roll up and then it's actually him in the patrol car coming to intervene. And it, and it, the whole point is, you know, um, our motto that our chief instituted was um, be the difference. So it's really about, you know, um, you get an opportunity to be injected into so many different situations and, you know, whatever experiences you bring to the job, whatever sensibilities you bring to the job, you know, you get to be the difference in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like that, that, uh, that grew to that track. Who came up with that track? That is a young brother here in Sacramento named Mark Stevie. Yeah. I like yeah, that. We, I like we that. Sat, uh, we, we sat here right here in this office and he, you know, he brought his little machine over and we made the beat and wrote it out. Yeah. So I, I like how you did that. And you're recruiting now, right? And you said that yeah, kind of helps right now. Yep, yeah, that kind of helped out with the uh, with the with the public with the applicants coming in, seeing uh, your administration embracing this. Um, this Chief Han right now is uh, is he uh, contemplating retirement anytime soon? I mean, what's the next administration going to think about this this I, sort of stuff? I don't, know. I, don't, I don't even want to think about him not being here. <laughs> I mean, uh, he is he is a very stand-up dude. He's one of those people that you meet that um, he, he, he lives what he says. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and he is extremely aware of, you know, this dichotomy, you know, this black and blue, and then especially being in leadership. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he yeah. understands that, you know, he's everyone's chief, number one. Um, he's yeah, not he here did. to serve. He's not here to, to serve the department's interest. He's here to serve the interests of the public. And um, he does what he feels and he says what he feels is necessary in order to promote that idea, which is, I think, why he came up with this whole Be the Difference campaign and motto. Yeah, that's good stuff. And, and you helping out. Are there other uh, uh, officers in the department that are kind of helping out doing that same sort of thing other than, you know, I know, I know rapping is, is your forte, but what other officers are doing different stuff? I mean, we have a lot of officers that are really involved in. Um, so like we have a community outreach group. We have, I'm sorry, we have a community outreach unit and um, some of the officers that work there and then some of the officers that that are that just work in the department work with them um they do a no they do a know your rights um uh, uh class you know for young people every from middle school on up to high school um we're we're extremely active in the high schools here um we have uh five and when you magnet say and when you say know your rights what, what what does that entail that curriculum what what, what is that about so, so basically what that is, is that is understanding police interactions, right? So um, understanding um, uh, why police 
contact you in certain ways and in certain situations, what their mindset is, um, what protections you have and recourse if you feel as though you've been wronged during that interaction. Um, but most importantly, really understanding how to succeed in that interaction. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I know I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say just to survive, but actually how to engage that officer in a way that's going to number one, minimize your contact, right. Mm-hmm. Um, establish some type of relationship, you know, with, with that officer, because for the most part, if you're in that neighborhood or you live in that area, you're going, you know, you may see that person again. So, you know, um, we, we, we really want young people to understand like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is the lens that police officers are going to use. These are the actions that they can take and that they cannot take. So now, number one, it's never going to benefit you to, you know, have a side sidewalk court. That's never going to benefit you. Right. But <laughs> right. if you understand, you know, probable cause, reasonable suspicion, the difference between detentions, consensual encounters and all those things, you can really judge and you can really, you know, put a, a much better scalpel to that situation other than your emotion. Right. Because yeah, nothing good comes out of it. Yeah. So after that interaction, you now have a set of tools to where you can really say, let me analyze what just happened here. You know, do I need to make a complaint? How do I make a complaint? You know what I mean? Um, who do I want to get to come along with me and, 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 you know, and hold my hand while I do this? How do I make sure that this gets looked into the correct way? Um, you know, this goes far beyond you know, being upset, jumping on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, say FTP, like this is, this is really about being able to analyze the situation and then, you know, taking the correct steps, you know, to correct, you know, if there was inconsistent behavior or just straight up abhorrent behavior, we need to figure out how to get that fixed. Yeah, that's really progressive. You wouldn't think most of the uh, law enforcement departments would actually be the ones educating the public on that. It, it's usually, you know, some uh, public rights group or some activist right. group or something like that. But, you know, for an actual police department to to educate the, pu- the public on that sort of thing, that, that's really progressive. That's, that's interesting. I like and that. It's, and it's valuable because I've actually sat in a class before. And um, I, I, I heard a speaker talking, I think they even used the same name, you know, it was years ago, about know your rights and, and you know, what to do when a police officer contacts you and those thing, type of things. And I'm like, the things that they were saying just didn't even match up. Like, that's not correct. Like, you're giving people bad information, you know, that, that, could, that could get them hurt, could get them arrested for no reason. Um, it's a very, it's a very, very fine line. And I feel like it's impossible. I'm going to say this. It's going to sound stupid. It's impossible to get emotion out of it. But man, we've got to figure out a way to, to overcome emotion in some certain situations and learn how to respond rather than react. Yeah, absolutely. And in our community, uh, it, at the forefront of it, you know, we need to be able to know how to, you know, first of all, know what the police should and shouldn't be doing, like you said, and know how we right. should react. You know, I've had these these the discussions with people as well as um, why should the, the the public be the ones to have to be the ones to be professional and be calm and be the ones that have to calm down the police. The police are they they should be hired to, to know to to be calm and be professional. But you know, those are the times that we live in, and, and if both sides can get that, then you know we'll get out of that that interaction without any damage, but, you know, it's unfortunate that, yeah, the public has to know, you know, <laughs> they, they got to be calm too. Facts, facts. You know, it's so funny. I, I was having a conversation with someone. We were talking about how um, the, 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 the public is, 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 is inundated by cameras right now. Yeah. Yep. And I was telling somebody, I was like, you know, it's interesting, you know, with the advent of YouTube, I think it was like 2007 or something like that or whatever it was. Um, this is still relatively new, right? Still relatively new. Mm-hmm. The, you know, body cameras are definitely new. Um, the in-car dash cams being made public, s- still pretty new, right? 
And now the public is dealing with what I call the PTSD of seeing these things all the time, right? So now you, uh, as, 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 as a member of the public, you're experiencing PS, PTSD. So even if you've never actually had a run-in with a police officer, you have had it. You've experienced it because you've seen it a million times and you're acting accordingly, right? Um, right. there's, there, there, there's an emotional, there's an emotional buy-in immediately. As soon as them lights come on behind you, mm-hmm. you feel away, right? All right. So you go you, a little bit deeper dive. When I came on the department in 2002, I think at that time, probably the only thing that was out in the public was cops. Right. right? This is before YouTube, 2002, before YouTube. The show right? cops. Yeah. Yeah. So before YouTube, when I came on in 2002, there was no YouTube. There was no camera phones. Camera phones mm-hmm. came out like a year later, literally like yep. a year later. We had just the cameras, the little, you know, yeah. 10 pixel <laughs> things, not even yep. video yet. I, I'll never forget this. And I talk about this in some of the classes that I teach. Um, I remember sitting in the academy and we watched hours of dash cam videos. Now, back then, at that time, dash cam videos were not the public didn't see those. But I realized very quickly, police officers have been watching these videos for years. And so we, in our training, we were seeing what happens when you don't control somebody's hands in an interaction. What happens when you allow somebody to move freely around their vehicle on a traffic stop? And at that time, I remember this very vividly, like we were the only ones seeing that. So now you have all these officers who in their training, you know, they have that almost like they've experienced it, even, even if they haven't experienced it yet. Now, the experienced officers, they've, they've, they've had it firsthand. Mm-hmm. For me, let's say for me, 2002, stepping out on the street the first time, not having witnessed any of those videos, I wouldn't have an issue with somebody having their hands in their pocket because I didn't realize how quickly somebody can produce a weapon. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. How, how quickly you can be overtaken, you know, how quickly you can be disarmed, you know, like um, how the reason that you're always a step behind because you don't know what that person is going to do. And so I, I, I feel like, you know, when I talk to people, you know, I, I let them be very aware. I'm like, like the, the same conditioning that we have now that the general public has in their, you know, uh, distrust of, you know, police action and things of that nature. Like police have had this for a long time mm-hmm. as far as the actual, actual dangers of not controlling a situation from the jump, you know, understanding that if I don't take control of this situation right away, my life is in jeopardy. And at that point, I'm not super concerned with, you know, how you feel about it at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, it's, a, it's, man, it, it's, it's fascinating stuff. It's scary stuff, um, but it's very necessary to, to discuss. Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, on the, on the flip side, I always <laughs> got to talk about on the flip side, um, you know, seeing these interactions, uh, the public seeing these interactions uh, with the police, a lot of times they, they still don't understand that, you know, hey, when, why can't I just be doing what I need to do? Why can't I have my hands in my pocket? You know, I don't have a gun. Um, you know, I don't care that you don't know that I don't have a gun. That That's your problem, but I don't have a gun. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, you know, when, when we're on these contacts and it is what it is. But sometimes that's what that's what raises these levels of interaction because people don't understand that, you know, hey, let us just get through this this contact and then you'll be on your way and and I'll be on my way. But it, right. if if it keeps escalating, then, you know, that that's you know, that's that's not good for either one of us. Right. There's you know, there's so many things, you know, I um. I teach a class called implicit bias and I talk about, you know, just the implicit biases that we all have. Like it's scientific. This is not an emotion. You know, this is, we all have them. And the more you're in an atmosphere, the more biases you develop. Right. You know what I mean? And so you have to teach the officers, Hey, um, are you criminally profiling right now? Or are you profiling based on race? 
and whatever bias you have. Sure. You know, what, you know, yet you saw what you saw, but why did you see it? Like, why were you paying more attention <laughs> to that person? You know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like, I'm not saying it didn't happen, and I'm not saying that your 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 criminal profile was incorrect because you saw a set of actions that um from your experience and training told you that you know x y and z was going to happen yeah you did see that but why are you only seeing it you know in the in the two-door honda civic at two o'clock in the morning how come you're only seeing it right you know yeah so 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 that 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 becomes an issue i um well, because at uh, two o'clock in the morning, the only only people out is cops and crooks. That's why, <laughs> right? Or, or people going to jail, you know? Because <laughs> I know at two o'clock in the morning, if I don't have to be working, I'm in I'm in the bed. Right, man. But, I was I was watching a video with Nipsey Hussle, and he, man, he broke it down so dope. He was just talking about how when he was really involved in gangs, and and you know, and he was out there looking for ops, you know, looking for the enemy. He broke it down. What I'm looking for, I'm looking for a mm-hmm. dude that's wearing this, standing like this, talking like this. Mm-hmm. He's in this area. Like the video's up there. You can look it up. It was a, it was an interview that he did with uh, Hot 97, and I'm, I used to show that to my students, and and I said, you know, and it was interesting because they said the same thing. It was like, man, if if I heard a cop saying the exact same thing, I would think he was being racist. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, but it's the exact same prof- the exact same thing that Nipsey was talking about that he was looking for, and he was, and he said, "I'm looking for that because that's my experience." Yeah, yeah. From being yep. And and, and there's a feet on it, and he, he he even said he goes, you know, if I'm looking, for, if I'm looking, what did he say? Well, I want to use this exact term. He said, um, uh, he said, if I'm on a mission, I'm bypassing the dude in the polo and the khaki pants. Hmm. You know, I'm bypassing this kid. And he started giving all these, you know, uh, you know, clothing description. He goes, I'm bypassing that dude. And then he said, he goes, the scary part, he goes, I'm looking for the dude that looks like me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, wow, man, I was like that. That's powerful insight, you know, to to take with you. But um, and, yeah, I, and I feel like, yeah, you know, music for me and and the teaching and the music for me is a way to really um kind of put things like that out and yeah. bring light to it you know what i mean um yeah How, how's your music being received out there in, in the hip-hop community man um so i was one of the first artists in sacramento that was you know you know a christian hip-hop artist but i performed in secular venues like i i was on you know i would open for local we had a very healthy local hip hop scene. And, um, you know, I, I, I was, I was in lineups, you know, in bars, clubs, concerts, opening for people that were not Christian. I was accepted in that community because I was truthful. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, we have a, we have a local newspaper here. Um, and they have, so it's, it's a, the Sacramento area is Sacramento news and review. I think they have news and reviews in all different cities in California. Okay. Sacramento News Review, they have every year they would have what's called the Sacramento Area News, um, Sacramento Area Music Awards. They call them Sammies. And um, uh, probably about three years in a row, I got nominated for Best Hip Hop Artist. And there was no Christian, um, there was no Christian uh, genre. It was just hip hop. So just from the work that I was putting in, in the area, you know, I was respected and, you know, I've been on, I've been featured on, I've been featured on more secular artists, um, projects than I have Christian artists. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. And, uh, the new project, uh, tell me another track here. We could check out here. You can, you give us a little, uh, preview here uh, for the audience. What's another one we could drop here for you? Or you want something hot? Like, what do you want? Uh, you tell me, man. This is your track. This is this is your album, and uh, okay. give, give us something hot. Give us something hot. Oh, something hot. All right. Well, um, let's uh, let's look at. There's a track called "I'm Not Your Boy," but you got to fast forward a little bit because I got my feature first, and then I'm second. So, okay. Let's let's listen. Now. I'm not your boy. You too bogus. Wow. You too. You too bogus. Yeah. Yeah. You too bogus. Yeah. You too. You too bogus. 
So how far in we need to go? Fast forward like you know, fifty-seven seconds or whatever it is, and then you'll get to the chorus again, and then I'll be there right after. So this kid actually rapping right now. He's the one that made the beat for the "I Be the Difference" song. Okay, so you guys kept in touch and and kept them projects going together. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. So, uh, so this song here is just basically about really just being your own person and really kind of fighting against that group group think and group speech. It's like, no, nah, I'm not your boy. Like, you know, you know, I'm not here to follow you. You know what I mean? So here, yeah. here comes my verse. Look, I'm not your boy, I'm chasing peace, you too much drama. Test my blessing, leave you bent up like a comma. Sorry, father, I'm still dealing with my childhood drama. Trying to get this weight up off my shoulder, praying in the sauna. Uh, I've been unfaithful like Rihanna. Damage my persona off that brown and marijuana. I don't know what's worse for me, hangovers or the karma. Closest thing to some Nirvana, build some Doji and Cabana. Uh, Hey, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. And then uh, I think the last track is actually one that I'm pretty proud of, um, but it's called All the Smoke in America. And it really, you know, it's, it's just been so tense over the, you know, this last election cycle, which oh, is crazy. Yes. Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, I understand racism is real. I understand systemic racism is real, but I'm utterly of the opinion that it all comes down to money and control, control of wealth. And so... Um, uh, I kind of put that in a nutshell in this song. I'm like, man, all the all the smoke in America really comes down to have and have nots and people that want to keep, <laughs> you know what I mean, and people that want to get more. Like that's, and that's really what it's all about. And um, no doubt, yeah, that's, that's all the smoke let's, in America. Let's check out a little bit of that. Uh, all the smoke. It sound like it was in a club. Smoke gather round, y'all. It's going down, y'all. EBTs and black cards all around, y'all. Stocks rise, stocks fall like round ball. All the smoke in America surround, y'all. Some pray, others praying for your downfall. Some starve, others trying to knock the pounds off. If you were king, someone trying to knock your crown off. All the smoke in America surround, y'all. Smoke. Welcome to America. Leaders doing 211s, waving replicas. I feel all these jokers need an enema. We wrestling with powers that don't show up on their retina. Apex predator, back up on my exodus. Half a hundred second book like it's exodus. Criminal mind, cause we take if they ain't letting us. The present is a gift, so we ain't tripping who ahead of us. People don't believe, that's why heaven for the rest of us. Right or left don't matter, God to hell was ambidextrous. Yeah, you got, some, you got lyrics. Got bars. Uh, if you listen to the second verse, you, you realize just how uh, influenced I was by the moment. Yeah, you got bars, and and, and speaking of the moment, you know, we we all went through a whole bunch in 2020. Um, how did all that affect you guys up there in Sacramento? I'm talking about BLM, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, everything that happened. How did that affect you guys up there? It's been nonstop since the summer. You know, we had the you know the George Floyd protests were, they were different. That 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 was a that was a whole different mindset. I don't know that I've ever seen people so collectively upset. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. it, it was it was something to where you know even the most you know conservative officers that you know you know always have you know something to say were like, yeah, that was just messed up. The, you yeah. know what I mean? There was just no getting, there was just no getting around it. You know? Yep. Yep. So it just made for an extremely tense um, situation. Um, um, so we went through that for most of the summer. And then for us in Sacramento, you know, you know, being the capital, 
we've been dealing with a lot of the election cycle issues, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. so standing between Antifa and Proud Boys, you know, for the last two months has, has been, an, a, you know, an ex- incredible strain on the economy here in the city. Um, half of our downtown is still boarded up right now. You know, um, we got a lot of businesses that 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 never reopened. So, you know, between the protests and the election cycle and COVID, um, it's just been it's just been really hard, and um, it's just become really necessary to center yourself in something that's, you know, above the fray, and uh, finding some strength internally so that that way, you know, you can still do your job. You can still go out there and 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 serve people. The way that you should, you know what I'm saying, and not have a yeah. chip on your shoulder. So yeah, and then not bring it home, you know. How did how did how did the George Floyd thing affect you as a black man, and then also as a, as a police officer? Uh, you know that duality that that the two of us, you know, and all of us, uh, men of color, women of color, work doing this job had to deal with. For me, and this was the first thing I said the very first time I saw that video. Um. I'm I'm a I'm a very intuitive person. And when I when I watched the manner in, in which that officer conducted himself, it just didn't seem as though he had any respect for that person as a human being. And um that was hurtful. You know what I mean? Like that like that was hurtful. Like um there wasn't really that point where you can say, okay, you know, he may have seen this or he may have thought that or you know, it was a fast moving thing. It just seemed like he was just intent on, you know, enforcing his will on that person far beyond, you know, what he probably, what was probably necessary. That's just, that's my opinion. That's the way I saw it. And um, I think what it sparked was just a lot of rage with so many things that have been systemic in our society that just became like indicative of like society with their knee in our neck, you know, like we just can't get ahead. You know what I mean? Like we just can't get ahead. And, um, and so, you know, I stood on those lines and, you know, I had the flashlights in my face and, you know, for hours at a time and day after day, after day, after day, after day, you know, being out there and, um, it's hard, you know, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's hard, you know, uh, recognizing that there's things that need to be done, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you're standing on this side of the line, even though emotionally you may be like, Man, I want to be over there too. I'm mad. You know, not, you know, I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I am a, I don't know that I've ever been a someone who would protest. I'm, I'm, I've just never been that person for me. Like I would never see myself. I've just never been a real big group think kind of person. I've always been about what can I do one on one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's just that's just where my sentiments are. Yeah, yeah. I remember back uh, when the Rodney King incident happened, I was in my 20s when that happened. And I, I just remember that feeling because it, it wasn't just that. It was a whole multitude of things that happened back then. That was the, was that Latasha Harlan's thing in Riverside? That was the, uh, uh, was at the store, the liquor store? Uh, remember that owner, that liquor store owner killed that, that, uh, well, that person? Well, with- I have a whole nother set. Yeah. I have a whole nother set things, you know, you know, that I, that I was dealing with. I, I remember, you know, uh, you know, the Sean Bell shooting, you know, and, and yeah. things of that nature, like, you know. So um, it was, yeah, then, it was just those things. Yeah. Just, 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 you know, th- those, those range of emotions when they came down and said not guilty, you know, in, in the Rodney King, because it, like I said, it was all those other things. And, and it's just like this past summer, um, George Floyd was just, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back because not only did we see that, live when it happened it was another straw on that back of, of things that we've been seeing and we've been dealing with and then that was just that one just was the one that was the one and for me right now as a recruiter like my big thing that i'm that i'm doing is i really want people okay because listen you could write a million laws you know like we, you know we already have the fourth amendment right yeah yeah we already have we already have all these protections in the constitution um, the issue is the people that's inter- interpreting it and the people that's act, that's bringing it forward. So, you know, we we just had you know, is it AB you know three ninety two here in California and things of that nature and all across the country they're trying to change laws and change policy and procedure. But at the end of the day, 
you know, we need more people, you know, right. and I'll be, I'll say black people or just people that grew up in certain neighborhoods or people that just have different sensitivities because we need to bring all these experiences to the badge. We have to, it can't just yeah. be this entire culture of, you know, you know, people one from, side of, yep. from one side policing people from this side, because um, I love, you know, I, I say this in my recruiting, like, let's, let's just say black. And I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that black officers are the, are the key to changing everything. I think, I think they're, no. they're a big Which part we're of not. it, but really, huh? Which we're not, we're not, well, I not said, the only really key. What it is, but really what it is, it's, 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 it's a thinking, right? Yeah. And so you, you, you start looking for people with good ideas um, you know, they're, they're, they're graduating from college. They can be whatever they want. They can go into business. They can, they can take their talents and their experiences into anything and, and saying to them, Hey, you know what? This is a viable option for creating change. Like yeah, being in law enforcement is, is, you know, maybe it's not always going to be the person who all they did all their life was dream of being a cop, you know, because maybe that person has different sensibilities. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying, at the end of the day, no matter what laws you write, it's all about people, right? And so Agreed. if you're that, you know, you have more people in the roll call room, more people in the locker room bringing certain things to light, you know, then it's, that's where the difference is made. So, um, and it's not just black officers, it's just people, people who may not look at this profession as an opportunity to be a change agent. Like we got to convince them, hey, there's some good you can do here and there's some good that needs to be done here. So come on over. Come on over. We need you. We need you. Facts. All right, my brother, I appreciate you for coming on and, uh, you know, blessing us with your, with your new tracks. Tell everybody how they can, how they can get that. So, uh, February 25th, which is actually my birthday. It will be, it will be available all right. on all platforms, iTunes, Spotify, all of that. I'm getting ready to shoot some video next week. And um, just look out for it. You can follow me at Israel Graham on uh, Instagram. Um, I don't. I don't have all. Well, I do have a Snapchat, but I never use it. So just follow me on Instagram. Come on, man. You, you got to get uh, get your Snapchat game going, brother. I don't know how many times. So start doing that. What's that? What's that one dance they all doing now? The little bunny hop thing and all that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's nah. Cool. <laughs> I get my dance go. on Instagram. I just do it all on one thing. All right, there you go. There you go. All right, brother, before I let you go, though, you, you're not done yet. You know, we, we, we got something we do here. We got something we do here. This is called... Uh this game is called Hip Hop or Not. What I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to read you a group. And you tell me, is that a hip hop group or not? Easy. Easy, right? You, you're entrenched in the hip hop community. All you got to tell me is, are they hip hop? Or not. All right. You ready for this? Let's do it. Here's your first group. Souls of Mischief. Hip hop or not? 93 till infinity. Of course, they are Oakland's best. <laughs> Indeed, they are. Indeed, hip hop. All right. Off to a great start. Here's your next one here. Troop. All I do is think they are not hip hop. <laughs> they are not hip hop. <laughs> that was not hip hop. Nope. Straight R and B. Straight R and B. You got that. Two for two for two. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Your next one. Seven oh two. Uh, that was the girl group. They are not hip hop. They are not hip hop. Indeed. How about poor righteous teachers? Each one, teach one. Yeah, you know it. You know it. <laughs> they are straight hip hop. Yep, early '90s, right there. Yep. How about uh, nice and smooth? You know that one. Sometimes I rhyme slow. Sometimes. Sometimes I rhyme quick. <laughs> they are hip hop right there. Do I get money for this? Because I feel like I'm smoking this right now. Uh, you are okay. Uh, we, we get you some hard here. We get you some hard. Come here. We go. How about main source? 
Oh man, let me see. Let me see. Main source goes a little something like this. I'm looking at the front door. We yes, indeed. <laughs> I reminisce with bliss of when we was closer. Come on. Uh huh. That that was that was my song right there. Large professor right there. Large professor. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the great uh, producers in hip hop too. Yeah, indeed, indeed. How about this one right here? LSG. Nah, them them singing dudes. That's uh, Levert and uh, isn't that Levert and somebody else? Levert, Sweat, and Gill. Gerald Levert, Keith Sweat, and Johnny Gill. Yeah, Yeah, they are. They are not hip hop. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. How how about your next one here? How about Sixty Nine Boys? Well, that's a trick question. They rap, but I don't know if I'll call them hip hop. <laughs> they were rappers. <laughs> hey, hip hop. All right. How about uh, Rude Boys? Oh, uh, no, that was a. Uh, well, there's multiple Rude Boy groups because there was a, a reggae group that was Rude Boys. There true, was a true that. Group that was Rude Boys, and there was an R&B group that was Rude Boys because uh, that ball headed dude used to be in it. We go. We go. Say you were correct on that one. This is the R&B group, the Rude Boys. Yeah. How about low key? Oh man. Did I get one to trip you up? Oh man, you got me on this one. I can't remember. T- take a stab at it, low key. Oh, you got that correct. Man, you pulled that one out of out of thin air right there. But here's the funny part that that album cover was in my head, but I couldn't remember. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. How about this one here? Whistle. Oh no, that's R and B. Uh, first one wrong. They were hip hop. That was from the '80s. I, I had to throw the '80s in there to get you. We call whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We're not talking about what we said. We're not talking about st- uh, stealing or robbing. In fact, to keep the seriously, we only bugging. Remember bugging? Yeah. I got you. I got you on one. <laughs> All right. How about uh, shy? Definitely not. Definitely not hip hop. They didn't have their shirts on in none of their videos. No. Nah. If ever I fall, no, I'm not gonna try to sing him. <laughs> and your last one here, how about clips? Oh, of course, that's hip hop. Virginia that's Beach. Definitely hip hop. You got more right than you got wrong. Interestingly enough, uh, this guy, um, um, Malice, he's a Christian artist now. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that, that's why that's... the group stopped recording. He, uh, he's a minister and a Christian rap artist now. I see. I, I knew that. That's why I threw that on there for you. <laughs> okay. uh, we go call you. Yeah, we go call you the winner. Yeah, yeah. You killed that. Killed it. I got you with one. Though. I got you on one. Though. <laughs> got me with one. Yeah, I got you with one. All right, brother, I appreciate you uh, for coming on and, and espousing some knowledge and, and dropping the new tracks and all that. Tell everybody once, one more time, where they can get that and when, it, when it's available. February 25th, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all the major platforms will have it. Please check it out. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do, brother. Stay safe up there. Wear your mask, wash your hands, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you on the other side, brother. Peace. All right. Stay black. All right, hip-hop heads. This episode is a wrap. I want to thank my guests on this episode, Sacramento, California police officer Fillmore Graham for joining me here today. My man, you a real one, and I wish you much success on that new album. And all of you watching and listening out there, be sure to pick up his new project, Deep Magic. He goes by the name Israel Graham when he's on the mic, so be sure to check that out. As far as this show is concerned, please make sure you like and subscribe to the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. I'll be back in a mere 14 days with another stimulating guest. Same black time, same black channel. But till then, stay black and blue. I'll holla at you. Deuces.
Entertainment Presentation. 